0: Well, what do we really need? What is our greatest need? Uh, Of course, uh, as a Christian, I don't know if you would agree, but uh, I believe that our greatest need is the forgiveness of our sins, which is only possible um, if we repent and put our trust in Christ, who died for our sins, to to bring us to God and to um, make it possible for us to be in a right relationship with Him. But what about if we are already a Christian? What do we really need? What is our greatest need? Imagine that a a genie comes out of a lamp, like in the movie Aladdin, and uh, offers to grant you two wishes. What would they be? What would you wish for? In our Bible passage today, Agur, uh, the author, reveals what we really need and especially when it comes to money. And in a way, that's the main point of my sermon this morning. Uh, only God's Word reveals what we really need. Only God's Word, the Bible, reveals what we really need. And we need to find our true identity, our true security sorry, in God, first of all. And secondly, we need to make our relationship with Him. A priority, our true priority. So, first of all, if you've got the Bible with you, follow with me, please. Uh, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5 to 6. First of all, our true security is in God. Uh, let's read verse 5 and 6 together. Every word of God proved true he is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. Do not add to His words, lest He rebukes you and you be found. A liar. See, the first thing we need to know is that our true security is not in money, but in God. In God. And after looking for wisdom everywhere, Agurah finally found it in this chapter. And you might ask, why did he find wisdom? Well, again, if you look at verse 5, I think it's pretty clear. He found wisdom in the Word of God, in the Hebrew Scriptures, and uh, uh, do you see the logic of his passage in his context? Agur spent uh, his, his whole life looking for wisdom. He's been looking for so long that he's tired and weary and worn out. And what did his quest for wisdom make him realize? Well, if you read verse 1 to 4, it's pretty clear that Agur realizes that he is not wise in his own eyes. He doesn't have wisdom, he doesn't have uh, revel, uh, knowledge, he doesn't have understanding. And he can't find wisdom by himself, because wisdom is uh, unreachable, it's uh, inaccessible, it's uh, attainable. Uh, Listen to this series of rhetorical questions in in verse 4. Who has ascended to heaven and come down? I mean, what's the answer to this question? I think the answer is no one, only God has. Who has gathered the winds in its feasts? Answer? No one. Only God has. Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? Answer. No one. Only God has. Who has established all the ends of the earth? Answer. No one. Only God has. Do you see the point of these questions? I think the point is that true wisdom can only be revealed to us. It can only be found in God, the Creator, and in His Word. Which reveals what we really need. And the first thing we need is to find our true security in God. Why? Well, again, look at verse 6 with me if you've got the Bible with you. Because God is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. And I guess in today's uh, Western culture and society, you might be tempted to think that your security is in the uh, amount of money you've got in your bank account. But when you think about it, uh, even if money can be a blessing, there are many things that money can't buy. Money can't buy you love, for instance. Uh, the Beatles wrote a song about it. Money can't buy you happiness. Uh, listen to what Benjamin Franklin said F- Money has never made man happy, nor will it. There is nothing in its nature to produce happiness. The more of it one has, the more one wants money can buy you medicine from chemist's Warehouse true but it can't buy you health if you've got an incurable disease money can't buy you true and faithful friends money can't buy you time and finally last but not least money can't buy you forgiveness redemption salvation adoption and an internal security with God only God can give us all these things you see an unconditional love that never fails and endures forever, the unspeakable joy of knowing that our sins are truly forgiven, the glorious prospect of, of living forever in a glorious body, in an imperishable body, in a new creation where cancer will be no more. A true and faithful friend, who gave his life for us. You see, only God's word reveals what we really need. And the first thing we need is to find our true security in God. Why? Because he's a shield to those who take refuge in him. So, friends, let God's wisdom be sufficient and add nothing to it. I mean, don't try to find wisdom or godly wisdom anywhere else because there's no other authority than God's word. I think that's the main point of verse 6, which echoes Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2. You shall not add to the word that I command you, says the Lord, nor take from it that you may keep the commandment of the Lord, your God, that I command you. Our true security is in God. I don't know if you've heard the story of this uh, woodcutter, this lumberjack, who cuts trees in a, in a thicket and, and sees a bird making its nest on a branch. I mean, the, the lumberjack knows that if uh, these birds make its nest on that branch, it has no chance to survive. Why? Well, because all, the, all the, the trees are going to be cut down. So what does he do? He shakes the tree to make the bird flee. And what does the bird do? Well, the bird flies away and takes refuge in another tree, on another branch. So the lumberjack uh, follows the bird, and what does he do? He shakes the tree, that's right, to make the bird flee. But what does the bird do? The bird flies away and takes refuge in another tree, on another branch. So what what, what does the lumberjack do? He shakes the tree to make the bird flee. And what does the bird do? It flies away and takes refuge in another tree, on another branch. Eventually, after being disturbed a few times, the bird takes refuge in a rock. See, in the hollow rock. Do you understand the point of his story? We live in a world where all the trees are being cut down, where all the things we built our life upon, uh, whether it is health or wealth, are falling apart and failing us one by one. The only safe place is in God himself. Why? Because he's a rock. He's he's, he's our rock. Our true security is in God. And if our true security is in him... If God is the most important person in our life, it naturally entails, I would hope so, uh, that we will prioritize our relationship with him and strive to honor him, to, to glorify him, which leads us to our, our second point. Only God's word reveals what we really need. And the second thing we need is to make our relationship with God the priority, the seven to nine. And these verses are quite unique in the book of Proverbs. Do you know why? That's the only prayer in the whole book. And what does Agur ask of God in his prayer? Well, since truth is what uh, characterizes the word of God, remember? uh, The word of God is true. Well, truth is what should characterize the man of God, you and I, if we are Christians. And I don't want to sound too legalistic or too moralistic about it, but if we say we believe in God, if we, if we call ourselves Christians, if we, if we bear the, the name of Christ, and if we have a, a relationship with the Lord, then if we really love him, surely, surely we'll want to, to honor him, to, to glorify him. So, for example, if you, if you can't keep a promise in your life, just don't make a promise. Or if you've made a promise... Whatever it is, well, do your best to keep it. Let the truth, let what is true characterize your behavior, your life, your attitude. That's what living in the the fear of the Lord should look like. Uh, You see, the fear of the Lord in the Bible has nothing to do with being afraid or scared of God. In the Bible, the fear of the Lord has something to do with revering God, revering him. In 2001, uh, the movie Ali came out. Has anyone seen that movie with Will Smith? No, not many people, well. um, In this movie, uh, Will Smith is Muhammad Ali, uh, who is probably one of the greatest boxers of all times. And uh, in a documentary about the movie, uh, Will Smith revealed that, uh, that he was really scared about meeting Ali in person. Do you know why? Well, what Will Smith feared the most was to disappoint Ali, one of his heroes, you see. So he worked relentlessly for two years to, to do justice to Ali's life and, and talent. And one day, one day just before uh, the movie was released, uh, someone asked Muhammad Ali if Will Smith had done a good job playing his role. So Will Smith was a bit nervous what was Muhammad Ali going to say about him playing his role. And Muhammad Ali looked at Will Smith and he said, yeah, he did a good job. He did a good job. In the same way, just like uh, Will Smith reveals uh, Muhammad Ali, do, do, do we revere God? Do we have such a respect for him that we just don't want to disappoint him? In the way we speak, but also in the way we spend our money, our money. I mean, have we already prayed Agur's prayer, which is very counter-cultural, isn't it? Give me neither poverty nor riches. I mean, why wouldn't you want to be rich? Well, the Bible tells us because the love of money, not money in itself, but the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil and can make us wonder From the faith. Now, how does that work? How can uh, the love of money make us wander from the faith, from God in a way? Well, I think the answer is in the final verse of our passage. And if you've got the Bible with you, uh, look at verse 9 with me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Who is the Lord? Can you see the danger of money? Money has the power to lead us away from God. Money has the power to make us forget about God. Money has the power to make us think that we have everything we need and that therefore we don't need God. Do, Do you get it? But can you also see the danger of poverty? Poverty has the power to make us profane or disgrace the name of the Lord if we steal, for instance. So how should we live knowing uh, that what we really need is to find our true security in God and to make our relationship with him a priority? Well, that's my last and final point this morning. Be content with what you have. Be content with what you have. And in a way, isn't that what we pray when we pray the Lord's Prayer? Our Father in heaven, give us today, today, our daily bread, what what we need for today. I truly believe that contentment is one of the secrets of of happiness. I mean, listen to what Paul says to, to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with this we will be content. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. Keep your life free from the love of money, and be content with what you have. For we have said, God said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. The Lord will look after you. But of course, if we've been blessed with a, a good job and a, a good income, I mean, uh, be thankful, that's great. And, uh, and there's nothing wrong with having money, I mean, uh, but be careful. Be careful. Listen to what Paul says again to Timothy. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to Enjoy. So if you've got money, how do you use your money? And actually, I wonder, is it really our money? I mean, is, is my money my money, really? Doesn't the Bible tell us that God and silver belong to God? And that the earth is the Lord and everything in it? Last year, uh, Jeff and Libby uh, were kind enough to lend me their, their car for a few months. And when I say thank you to them for lending me their car, or one of their cars, Jeff replies something which I'll never forget. He says, you know what, this is not our car. We call this car God's car. God's car, because they've lent it to a few people. And I was one of them, and I was so grateful for it. I mean, what would the world world look like if we had the same attitude? Towards our material possessions? What would our church look like if we started to change the way we think and the way we speak about money? Not my car, but God's car. Not my money, but God's money. Not my church, but God's church. But of course, if you're struggling financially and if you don't even have enough to live, please let us know and tell us how we can help. As Christians, we believe that there is more joy to give than to receive because the God of the Bible is a God who, who gave himself in the person of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who though he was rich yet for your sake became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich. Rich. Rich, You see, Jesus was rich indeed in the sense that he was God but he didn't count equality with God the thing to be grasped. Rather, the Bible tells us he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. He's the one who descended from heaven and ascended into heaven. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross because at the end of the day my friends we are all poor in God's eyes, we are all spiritually bankrupt, we have all sinned against God and we've got a massive debt towards him, massive a debt we will never be able to pay back but in his amazing generosity in his amazing grace God cancelled The record of debts that stood against us by nailing it to the cross, where Jesus paid our debt himself by dying for our sins, for us, in our place. So let's be generous with one another and with others, just like the God of the Bible has been generous with us in Christ.